Today is February 16th, 2024. I'm David Berlin. This is the Blockchain Journal podcast. I'm coming to you from a special Boston Blockchain Association event being held at Suffolk University in Boston. We've seen a couple presentations here about blockchain. A lot of students that are mulling around, and one of those students that's here with me right now is Umaima El Aldawi. And so, Umaima, thank you very much for joining me on the Blockchain Journal podcast. Hi, David. Nice to be here. Uh, such an interesting uh, panel and event. Uh, uh, the Boston Blockchain Association always has a great uh, event, and this series particularly uh, that aims to connect students with uh, uh, businesses is uh, particularly interesting, so I'm very happy to be here. Thank yeah. you. Hey, it's great to have you, and um, thank you for coming on the podcast. What I'm hoping to do is get some of that student perspective. I mean, I'm out there in the world, Boston uh, Blockchain Journal is all about blockchain in the enterprise. I talk to a lot of people who are literally practitioners of that, uh, but I don't get to talk to a lot of students. And students are the ones who are coming up next. They're the ones who are going to go to work in those enterprises and maybe say, hey, you should be thinking about blockchain for this or that. So what is it that you're doing? Well, first of all, where are you a student? Are you a student here at Suffolk University or somewhere else? No. So I'm a student at Boston University. I'm doing a graduate program in banking and financial law. And we have a class actually um, about uh, crypto regulation and taxation this semester. So, yeah. So you, okay, so you're studying uh, one of my favorite topics because uh, in the US, we're pretty much log jammed in Washington DC when it comes to crypto regulation. And, and one of the problems with that, by the way, is that uh, maybe you heard in those, some of those sessions, there's a lot of discussion about the difference between blockchain and crypto. And one of the issues is that all of the regulation that's log jammed in Washington DC around crypto is also holding up innovation with blockchain because the two, at least for now, are somewhat inextric inextricably linked when they should not be. They're actually two separate things. Blockchain is the platform, crypto is just one application. So. What's your perspective? You're, you're in a classroom, you're, you're studying regulation around blockchain and crypto. What are, you, what are you hearing and what do you think about it? I think Congress should move and it should move fast. Otherwise, the U.S. is going to get left behind in the crypto uh, game. Uh, Europe, in comparison, is moving very fast with the MICA regulation, um, whereas here in the U.S., uh, we have two bills. We have one on stable coins and one that's related to AML. but. We still haven't uh, seen anything uh, for, for now. Well, where are you from? Let's talk about, you're obviously not from the U.S., so where are you from? So I'm from Morocco, um, but I left Morocco when I was 18 and went to France to pursue uh, legal studies there in, the, in France. So. Okay, so you're doing legal studies, and, and I, I mean, you just mentioned, well, the, you know, the U.S. basically has to get, get off its butt and do something or it's going to be left behind. But why do you even care? You're not, are you a U.S. citizen? I am not, no. <laughs> but the U.S. usually leads the way, and a lot of countries take example on the U.S. So if the U.S. has a um, clear and favorable uh, regulatory fr framework for crypto, that's going to push uh, other countries to, to move as well and, and put in place a regulation. And uh, But in your class, are, are they talking about, well, hey, maybe this is a time for a change. Maybe now the U.S. is sort of a slow mover on a new technology. There's an opportunity here for other countries to take the lead. 
maybe that uh, traditional power that the U.S. had when it came to new technologies is, is kind of coming to an end, and maybe it's time for somebody else, uh, a Switzerland or a France or you know the U.K. That Germany has some pretty uh, pro crypto laws, um, and and maybe another question is. Are you going to go to work here in the U.S., where companies are sort of stifled from innovating, or are you going to go, want to go to work doing some kind of blockchain work at a company in Europe where they have a little more freedom to innovate? I think more most jobs are remote nowadays. So as a it doesn't matter where you are. Second question: It doesn't matter. Like you can be uh, literally anywhere in the world that you could still work on crypto. And uh, with regards to your first question. Um, I think crypto has a lot of potential, a lot of use cases, so there is space for literally everyone. Like There is no competition between countries and there is opportunities basically for, for everyone. So. And is that your intent? When you get done with school, are you going to go out and try to find some kind of work in the crypto space? Yeah, I am actually. I graduate in May and I'm currently looking for opportunities, whether in legal or in the compliance space. So yeah. Well, what is it about the legal that interests you? So I like to look into regulations. I like when the regulations are not clear and be able to interpret them. That's what I think is exciting um, about the yeah about yeah. the legal aspects of crypto. And you don't always find the answer in the law, so you need to be a little bit creative. And yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. So uh, one thing that's particularly difficult, maybe that's an area that you can speak about, is all of the different regulations. If I go from one jurisdiction to the next, even within the US, from one state to the next, the laws, the regulations, even- You have to maintain like licenses in every state, 50 plus state, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> it's a lot, yeah, yeah. And, and then you have all the countries, like every country has a different, yeah, I mean, I understand you have the MICA laws that cover the European Union, but then within the European Union, you've got different countries that have their own laws. The UK has its own laws. Germany has its own laws. Uh, Morocco is uh, uh, Luxembourg. Morocco is still working on its uh, on its uh, law around crypto. So I actually, when I was back home, worked a little bit on that. On uh, um, I did a little benchmark of all the existing regulation and uh, in order to draft a bill in Morocco uh, to regulate uh, crypto crypto assets, but it's still a, a great area. In, in but at least they're moving, you know, like that's a problem here in the U.S. is they're not they're not moving. But uh, what I'm getting at is how do you how do you even possibly how can one person possibly keep track of all of that regulatory activity? It seems nearly impossible. That's why you need lawyers, David. That's why you need to hire more people like me. <laughs> and so you're going to be a lawyer? Yes. Yes, I am. OK, well, Umaya, thank you very much for joining us on the Blockchain Journal podcast. Thank you so much, David. It was nice to talk to you. I wish you the best of luck in whatever you do. Thank you. So thank you very much for joining us on the Blockchain Journal podcast. Uh, for more videos like this one, just go to the Blockchain Journal channel on YouTube. Go to blockchainjournal.com. You'll find all of our videos there, as well as the full text transcripts of them. And you know, if you don't like to watch video, if you like to hear these uh, when you're driving to work or something like that, we're on all of the different podcast services like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you at the next video.